My friend Scott texted me this week to encourage me, since he knows that it's my first Christmas here in Lake Forest, but also since he knows it is my first Christmas Eve sermon ever. He told me to relax, so I'm going to tell you the same thing. Relax. He said, we just come for the carols anyway. So just do your usual, but even shorter. So I want you to know that I'm going to trust Scott tonight. And uh, fear not, especially those of you with uh, squirming children underneath you. I'm going to make this brief. Recently, I was on my way uh, through the great room out here on my way to worship. I was dressed as I am uh, in front of you today. I was wearing my robe. And I said hello to a family on my way to the sanctuary, and I made my way to worship. After the service, I was out in the great room again having coffee, and I passed this family once more. And the dad said that after I had passed them on to the way to worship, his son looked at him and said, was that a wizard? <laughs> it's not the first time that's happened e easy, uh, either. I, I really love that question. I mean, we all could use a bit more magic in our lives. And obviously, I am not a wizard. If there are any children who are here who think that I am a wizard, I'm so sorry. I'm not a wizard. I don't have any magic of my own. But I do hope that tonight you feel the magic of this place and of this night, right? Christmas casts a spell. It casts a spell because when God enters the world, the whole world because, becomes something special. The whole world becomes filled with meaning and with possibility. The whole world becomes filled with more grace than we can even handle, right? The Gospel of John tells us that uh, God became flesh and dwelled among us. Or in the words uh, of Eugene Peterson, God became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And this event, known as the Incarnation, it's unlike any other event in human history. And the truth is, is that it changed the world. It truly did. That is not an understatement. And it does have the power to change your life as well. And so with that in mind, I want to invite you to listen once again to the story of Christmas from Luke's Gospel. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. 
And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. There are two great messages of Christianity. The first is that God is for you. That is the message of Holy Week and Easter. And the second great message of Christianity is that God is with you. And that is the great message of Christmas. God is with you. That is fundamentally what the incarnation is all about. That is fundamentally why we are gathered here tonight to worship and to celebrate. And this is true for you no matter who you are, no matter how you walked in here tonight. God is with us all. God is with the regulars as well as with the visitors. God is with those who seemingly have it all together, as well as the anxious. God is with the joyful and the jaded, with the believers. God is with you if you were bored out of your mind right now. God is with you. God is with you if it seems that life is working out as you imagined. God is with you, especially if nothing is going according to plan. Christmas is the message that God is not deterred by all of our earthly chaos. God, as we have just read, was not ashamed to be born to unwed teenagers into a feeding trough, into the human drama of tax season and Roman occupation. He was not repelled by darkness. He was not repelled by sin, was not repelled by strife. In fact, on the contrary, these are the very ingredients that drew God into our midst. I learned a few years ago that the word bedlam, that word denoting anxiety and chaos, comes from a medieval mental asylum in London named St. Mary of Bethlehem. And in London slang, Bethlehem was shortened to bedlam. And when I learned that, I thought, how right on. I mean, how right on is that? Because that is, of course, the center, the essence of the Christian message that Jesus Christ was born into the bedlam of the world, which is to say that Jesus Christ comes into the world as it actually is. Jesus comes into your life as it actually is. Now, I don't know what form of bedlam, bedlam takes in your life, but I'm sure it's there, right? Even if it's just small children the day before Christmas, right? That is a bedlam that comes around every single year like clockwork. But we all have a little bedlam. It could be relational bedlam. It could be emotional bedlam, right? You could just be feeling the bedlam of the world right now. It's a heavy time. There are wars raging. You don't need me to sit up here and tell you how heavy it all seems at times. The author and researcher Brene Brown says that most people experience bedlam in their life as if they are in a hole in the ground. And what they need most is not someone to shout down advice to them about how to get out, 
What they need is someone to climb down in that hole with them. Maybe you know what that hole is like. Maybe you are in a hole like that right now. And if you are, you know that what you need most is not just good advice. You need a person. You need a connection. You need someone to meet you where you are. It is a powerful experience for someone to be with you in that moment. I heard a story a few years ago, which I think is a profound expression of this kind of connection. It was told by a psychologist who works with veterans and who specializes in treating uh, PTSD. Many vets, as you know, come home from overseas uh, in pretty rough shape, and uh, they often struggle to integrate with their former life. And one of the, the typical symptoms of PTSD is a kind of extreme paranoia, the kind that uh, always feels like you need to look over your shoulder. I didn't mean to do that to you. You guys are great. I'm sorry. Um, I'm glad you're here tonight. The kind of behavioral therapy that works well with patients of these kind is called exposure therapy. It involves exposing patients to things that they are afraid of, usually uh, slowly, progressively. Um, and for most of these folks, it involves kind of spending time around uh, crowds of people, right? And so maybe a small way to jump into that is to ride an elevator with some people or to go uh, to the grocery store. One of the patients that this psychologist was working with was a vet who could barely leave his apartment when they first started working together. And after a while, he agreed, uh, you know, taking a few trips here and there, he agreed to attend a, a baseball game, a local minor league baseball game. And uh, the plan was that he'd go, he'd buy his ticket, he'd sit in the bleachers, and he'd enjoy the game uh, with everybody around him. It was a huge step. Well, the day arrived, and he made his way to the stadium, and he found his seat. The game began. And then something horrible happened. It started to rain. And then it started to pour. And everybody climbed up out of the bleachers, and they walked to the back of the stadium, and they squished together, crunched together, underneath an awning to stay dry. And what do you think this guy did? He looks up there, he sees all these people squished like sardines, and he just can't do it. He can't bring himself to go and to be with them and to get out of the rain. And so he just sat there, getting drenched in the rain. And after a while, he feels a tap on his shoulder. And when he looks around, I kid you not, he sees the co-owner of the baseball team, none other than the famous actor and comedian Bill Murray, tapping him on the shoulder. And he, Bill Murray sits down next to him, and ask him to tell him what's going on. And the guy just bears his soul. I mean, right after he took a moment, it's Bill Murray, right? He bears his soul. He tells him about the PTSD. He tells him about Afghanistan and why he just couldn't go under the awning. And Bill Murray listens to him. He hears him out, and he said, that's okay. That's okay. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll sit here with you, and then I'll see to it the next week. You can come back, and you can see him, sit in my box, and we'll try all this over again. It's a true story. St. Bill. My friends, this is the kind of love that we celebrate tonight. The God of the universe does not keep his distance from us. He is not deterred by our humanity, by our very weakness. God doesn't shout advice down from on high either. And just when it appears that we feel that we are alone, with infinitely more compassion and grace, 
than even Bill Murray himself, God comes to us wherever we are in whatever situation that we are in and taps us on the shoulder. Why not turn to him this Christmas? Even right now, with all the bedlam in your life, he was born in it. He was born for it. Therefore, we are never alone. You are never alone. For unto us a child is born, Emmanuel, God with us. Merry Christmas. Amen.